Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Wednesday, December 30th, 2021. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Today's Dentistry. 2021 is right around the corner. Make a resolution right now. You're going to take better care of your teeth, better care of your dental health. Give Dr. Mike O'Neill a call. That's the easiest way to do it. 317-849-2933 is the number. Big news out of the Colts. Big news out of the Pacers. Colts first. Anthony Costanzo down for the rest of the year. He's going to have a procedure on his ankle. It's not career-threatening, but it will end his season. Frank Reich would not tell us anything in a Zoom call just a few minutes ago about what the plans are at left tackle for this Sunday's game against the Jaguars and moving forward. Are they going to slide Quentin Nelson over to left tackle, or is it going to be somebody else, somebody off the street maybe, to play left tackle? We don't know. And Frank Reich wasn't talking about it. From the Pacers, we'll talk to Philip Rivers in just a moment about that. From the Pacers, we heard that there was a call internally today where the Pacers announced that Donnie Walsh is stepping down from his position as an advisor to the team. This is really sad. Donnie Walsh is one of the best executives in the history of the NBA, and his absence will be felt with the Pacers. He built that team. That team that we loved in the 90s and 2000s That was Donnie Walsh. The team now, you know, to have a guy like Donnie Walsh available for Kevin Pritchard or Chad Buchanan or anybody else in that front office to kind of walk into the office and say, hey, you know what, Donnie, what do you think? That is a huge asset, especially for a guy like Kevin Pritchard. It gets lonely at the top, and to to have access to a guy who's been there himself, huge for that front office. Donnie Walsh, one of the really, really nice guys in the history of that franchise and the history of the NBA. Let's talk to Phillip Rivers, starting quarterback, obviously, for the Indianapolis Colts. Phillip, you've got a game this Sunday where other things are going to be transpiring throughout the afternoon that you might want to pay attention to and teammates might want to pay attention to. You've been down this road before. How important is it for you to stay in the moment? And how important is it for teammates to understand what can you communicate to teammates about staying in the moment and taking care of the task at hand? Well, you know, it's kind of the same as I said on Sunday. Uh, every scenario involves uh, Colts beating the Jags. So um, I think that's – and that's the only uh, only one we have a say in. So uh, I think just be focused on, on what we can control, find a way to get win number 11, and, um, you know, don't be distracted by uh, – all the other all the other games that have an impact on us uh, moving forward. So the 1 p.m. slate of games you do pay attention to or you will not pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, I, I will have three TVs going, but I mean, I, my normal, you know, kind of my normal mode uh, when we play the 4 o'clock game is I kind of, I mean, that's what I do. I kind of flip through the other games on the Sunday ticket on my phone. So uh, to say I won't be doing that would, would, would be a lie. So, I mean, yes, I won't be uh, consumed with it. Uh, but yeah, I'll be aware. I mean, I, I think to try to pretend like you don't aren't going to know uh, the outcome of those games is probably unrealistic. Um, but I don't think it needs to be consume our locker room. You'd go through your normal routine. Um, if your normal routine means checking on the one o'clock games, I don't know why you would change that to try to act like you're not interested. So um, I just think just don't change up your routine. Don't be consumed with it. Um, you know, if you're going over your tips and reminders for the game, go over your tips and reminders for the game. Just do what you normally do. So for me, yes, some of that involves uh, those early games, whether it's week two and there's no implications uh, or there's it's week 17 like it is now. So um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'll know the outcomes of those three uh, before kickoff. 
Let's talk about Anthony Costanzo. How big has he been for you guys this year? How important has he been to you? And how acutely are you going to feel his loss? Yeah, you feel sick for you feel sick for AC. Uh, you know, uh, you know, going down like he did in a Thursday practice. You know, so I mean, maybe it was a matter of time before before uh, you know something happened. I don't know, but um, hey, he's had a heck of a year. Obviously, um, obviously a big part of, of of what we do offensively, both the run game and, and pass protecting. So he'll certainly be missed. The Colts seem really mentally tough as a team. Is that assembled or is it built? How does that happen? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a mentality, a toughness. Really, it's been built, uh, you know, not only over this year, but I think you know over the last handful of years, you know, uh, with with what you know, um, Chris and Frank have, have really brought and and trying to you know uh, get done. Um, and then I think this year, uh, you know, in some ways more than others, with uh, you know all the COVID related uh, issues and things that you battle uh, throughout the year that are different. Than, than you know unusual circumstances and then you mentioned some of the games you mentioned Cincinnati there's been a handful of others obviously every team's dealt with injuries we've, we've had to deal with them you know starting early in week one um you know with, uh, you know with Paris and, and uh Marlowe come to mind you know just right off the bat early um so I do think we're just mentally tough I think it's it's something that we got the right guys and then it's a it's a culture and environment that uh continues to cultivate that and um, I think that's really why last week probably hurt so bad uh, is because we, we, we felt like, you know, the type of team we were that um, one, one way or another, uh, you know, up 24, seven and a half, we were going to get it done. So I think that's why that one stung so bad, not only uh, what was on the line, but, um, you know, just how we, uh, the type of team we are. Um, so um, we'll bounce back from it. We'll learn from it and grow from it. And uh, hopefully it'll uh, help us uh, down the stretch here. Uh, as we as we move into January, which I think that should be our mindset. Yes, we're focused on Jacksonville only, uh, but our our mind has got to believe that uh, we're going to be playing more football after this weekend. You know, you're having a really nice year, and and at age 38, 39, there were people when you were signed who weren't sure you still had that left in the tank. How did you deal with the skepticism and the criticism of your gifts as a quarterback? Well, I think first of all, some of it was warranted. Uh, I think when you are 38 and you've you've come off a 20 interception season uh, and you're changing teams, then the um, the skepticism is, uh, is is warranted and understandable. Uh, the criticism is understandable. So I, I think in some ways understandable, but yet at the same time, mentioning you know again some of the good ball that was played last year, uh, you know minus some of the disastrous plays and turnovers, uh, I knew I still you know had it. Left. Left. I, I think the way I've handled always all that is I, I don't I, I, again I've never tried to shy away from it again I think it's 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 part of what we signed up for uh, playing quarterback in the National Football League uh, but ultimately what what means most to you is one what you know what you have within you what you know you can still do but really what the people around you that know you best know uh, and care and what they think and so you know for me this year it was new teammates you know so it was it was kind of building the trust and belief in in a, in a new group of guys that was important to me a new coaching staff although having some experience with them and so that was that was really more the focus than anything was uh not necessarily i, I don't think win them over was the uh is it is it all the approach but yet shoot let's you, you're gonna have to go earn it in a new locker room and that challenge was exciting for me knowing i still had some left in the tank and then wanting to go you know still you know uh, prove might not be the word either but but bring it I guess bring that 
every single day. Did that motivate you? I, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I, it, it probably fell somewhere on a long list. If you had, if it, if it was a list of motivators, it was way down at the bottom. Uh, it, it, it really, um, just the passion and, and competitiveness uh, within um, really, and, and, the, and the love for the team um, really is what, what the fact, motivating factors are. It's really not to say you prove somebody wrong or, hey, see, I can still do this. I, I don't think that that was, that's, that's, that's never really anything near the top or the forefront of my mind uh, as I approach it each year, regardless of what the, what the uh, you know, criticism or, or what the, uh, you know, talk is out on the outside. I'm sure you rely on kind of an inner circle of advisors. What did they tell you going into this season uh, about your prospects for playing football? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I had certainly that, that, you know, that inner circle being my wife and, and, and children and my dad, mom and brother, um, it, it, had they all been like, Hey, Philip, you need to shut it down. You, you, you know, it's, it's okay to be done. Had they all felt that way, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Um, so, but no, they are all just, just, they all felt how I felt. I think, you know, obviously still seeing that the love and passion and fire that I still had to play and prepare each week and then feeling like I felt that shoot, you, you still can be a productive player and help, help a team go win. So, uh, yeah, I, but yes, that was, would, would definitely, um, would definitely could tip the scales one way or the other had they not been all on the same page. Have you given any thought to the possibility that this might be your last game on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's funny you asked that. I actually, uh, I, I, that did cross my mind actually yesterday. So uh, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, it crossed my mind. I don't think it'll be something I think about all week. It did cross my mind. I go, shoot, you know, things don't go the way you want this weekend and who knows what happens. I guess it could, I guess, I guess it's, I, and I guess it's probably, healthy to have that at least to have that thought that because uh, no you know, you're shooting not guaranteed anything moving forward so to, to but to think that it could be the last game yes it has crossed my mind last game I ever play um, certainly don't intend that it that, that it will be and don't don't hope that it is but certainly I think you have to acknowledge that it is a possibility great stuff from Philip Rivers is always an absolute pleasure to listen to him talk about football and talk about life as he kind of rounds third and heads toward home in his career Let's hope he gets one more shot at the at least one more shot at the postseason. We mentioned earlier that Donnie Walsh is stepping down from his role as advisor with the Indiana Pacers. And, and so Scott Agnes, a few minutes ago on a Zoom call, asked Miles Turner his memories of Donnie Walsh. He was drafted in 2015, got to know Donnie pretty well. Um, the fact that, you know, my first three years, he was at every single practice, always talking, always positive, always evaluating. Um, I think just being able to pick his brain about certain things was was fun for me as a young player and um, really beneficial. Um, you know, Don has been nothing but great to me. So, um, and great to his organization. The success he's had over the years here, you know, over the past really several years here, you know, it's been incredible. You know, I was able to bring a small market team into, to, into, contention, into contention every year and um, a lot of um, regular season success. And that's something that just doesn't happen at a snap of a finger. So something he had to orchestrate, something he had to put together. So I have nothing but the fondest memories with Donnie and I wish him the best of luck in you know, his future endeavors. That's Miles Turner. Let's talk to Nate Bjorkren, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers, about last night's loss against the Boston Celtics. Two really, really good games against the Celtics. You, it, Nate, it's said that you learn a whole lot more from losing than you do from winning. After looking at the tape following last night's loss, what did you learn about this team? 
yeah, that they've got a ton of fight, that it's never going to be due to lack of effort uh, on the wins and, and the loss. It's, it's our guys are fighting and they're, and they're playing hard for each other. Obviously, there's things that, that we wanted to attack differently last night and, and things that we needed to do differently, but, but the effort is there. That's what I continue to learn about this team. The fight is there. I can I can see it in their eyes and the in the timeouts and dead ball situations and, and anytime we get to to huddle up together, uh, they're a team that that wants to do well for each other. They really are. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. That's Nate Bjorkren, head coach of the Pacers. Pacers with three winnable games upcoming against the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Pelicans. The first two at home at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, getting off to a good start. Really important for this team to learn while winning. Even though you learn when you lose, to learn while winning is really, really a good thing. It's a lot, hell of a lot more fun to, to learn as you win than you lose, that's for sure. So much coming up. We got Indiana coming up tonight at 8.30 on BTN. They host Penn State, 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. You got the Butler Bulldogs traveling to Providence. Two winnable games for two of our favorite teams, right? We'll talk about it tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent, bright and early. 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then immediately thereafter, usually about 8.20 on Periscope and Twitter, all brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Make that resolution and make the call. Take better care of your teeth. 317-849-2933.